Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Live on the road. Here's your boy, Q. Is there nothing better than being on the road to start your weekend? There is nothing better than being on the road, and that's exactly where I'm at right now. I am at Treasure Island, the TI Golden Circle Sportsbook on a Friday on a, in a sunny day in Las Vegas. Are you kidding me? I couldn't ask for anything more. I'll be here till 3.30. We're going to rock it with you from 2 to 3.30 here inside the Golden Circle Sportsbook with Radio Nation Radio 920. Very excited to be here. Uh, it's been, a I don't know, a few weeks since I've been here, but it's always a great time to be out and about in the streets on a Friday. Like I said, heading into the weekend, it really doesn't get any better than that. If you want to come on by, get hooked up with some prizes. Right before I left the station, I grabbed a couple T-shirts, grabbed some Raider Nation Radio cups, grab some tickets. I got all kind of stuff for you. And don't tell nobody else that I grabbed it, but that's just what I do. You know, if I'm going to come out and about and be in the streets, I got to hook you up with some prizes. So that's what I did. I got that laced up like a tow truck. So uh, come on by and get hooked up just like that. And uh, we're going to we're going to take care of you in a, in a major way. And the good thing about it is if you come by the T.I., you pull into the parking garage. Guess what? You're not paying for parking. It's absolutely free. It's one of the finer finer entities in uh, Las Vegas where you don't have to worry about paying for parking, and that goes a major way. And I'll tell you, when I first got to town, I ain't going to lie to you. I'll tell everybody else now that it's done. I Man, I got to that, that little uh, barrier where it tells you to start to pay, and I pressed the little button, and I came up with every excuse I could why I didn't have to pay for parking. And a couple times it worked, a couple times it didn't. But you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to be me holding up the line and trying to get out and, and trying to uh, BS the person at the uh, – whoever's behind the, you know, the speaker because – well, you don't have to worry about paying for parking here. Parking is absolutely free. Hold on, real free. quick. What excuse would you use? Uh, one time I used the excuse that uh, I was there for an event. Um, you know, I was broadcasting something for the radio station. Uh, I, I, hey, dog, it worked a couple times. There was one time where I was supposed to have, like, a parking ticket for, like, 80-something dollars, and I didn't, uh, I didn't have to pay for it because we were broadcasting from there. So, you know, hey, man, look, you do what you do. You know what I mean? $80 goes a long way, brother. So uh, I took care of that. I can't remember. That was like a Sunday or something. But, yeah, hey, man, you got to have the gift of gaff, homeboy. You know what I mean? Like, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. The worst they can tell me is, no, sir, that's not going to work. Then you pay it. But if they say, okay, no problem, go ahead and go, then you go. That's what I did. All right, man, I see you. I'm learning. It wasn't good enough to get me out of my registration. My registration cost me an arm and a leg and then some. Don't get me started on that again. I'm still angry about that. I should have kept my car, a Texas car, forever. I'm still angry about that becoming a Nevadan, paying those registrations. But, hey, look, we're talking about the TI. We're talking about being here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook, and we're going to be here till 3.30. I walked in seeing a lot of people uh, excited to be here, a lot of folks getting into town. And, uh, you know, over here on uh, I did a little lap around the place looking for my, my, favorite, my favorite slot machine, triple-double diamonds. I didn't see a machine that I really liked, so I just kept it moving. You always got to find that one. You got to find the one that's calling your name. I didn't find it, so I just kept it moving. But maybe you'll find the machine that you're looking for. All you got to do is come on by and hang out with us. Like I said, we'll be here till 3.30, and it's always fun to get myself out of the studio. And I know, Damon, you're back in the home studio, but that's okay. You've been out and about roaming around. Damon showed up at the radio station super early this morning. I'm like, oh, man, this guy's really going out of his way. He's really going to work hard today. He's like, oh, I left my backpack. I, I'll see you later. <laughs> My man, my man showed up to get his backpack and was gone. Never, I never saw him again. Until, until this moment, I still have never seen him. Didn't even know if I was going to show up, huh? Didn't have any idea. I, I, I felt pretty confident that you were going to show up, but honestly didn't know. Didn't know. I left the radio station hadn't seen DeMond again because, well, he got his backpack, so that's all that mattered. I thought maybe he was going on an early vacation. 
hey, it's Friday, I'm out. I'm rolling out. I'll tell you what, the radio station, it demands my witness, and Danny, you know it too. You get to the radio station on Friday afternoon, you go out in that parking lot when everybody goes to lunch. When they go, they go. And there ain't much coming back. Oh, when I, when I got to the parking lot to pick up all the equipment for today, I looked around and there were like six cars. Right. I was like, wait, it's noon on a Friday. Where is everyone? <laughs> Dog, I'm telling you. Especially when the sun's out too. Man, when, hey, when, when folks hit Friday, they are gone. I went out. I left to come over here, and I went out there, and my car was the last of the Mohicans out there. Man, my car was like, come drive me. Come drive me. I'm lonely over here. So, yeah, I definitely got into the car. I guarantee you that that's a – that's like a desert island over there at, a, at the radio station right now. DeMond's probably the only dude in there. I'm sure Bobby probably left about 45 minutes ago. Even though JT was on there, Bobby's like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go. Got to go. Coming up on today's show, coming up in a matter of a few minutes, matter of fact, Matt Holder, silverandblack.com. He's going to join us to talk all things NFL draft as it pertains to the offensive line. Uh, he put out a couple videos yesterday, put out a couple little uh, articles uh, on yesterday about offensive linemen. And, of course, that's an area of concern that I've had for the Silver and Black since I think they're doing a lot of really good moves this offseason. I think they've really started to improve that team. But one area of concern for myself is still the offensive line. So just say they maybe don't go into the free agency and go get a veteran uh, offensive lineman, uh, a tackle in particular. Maybe there's a guy or two that they could be targeting in the upcoming draft. Of course, that's April 28th through the 30th uh, right here in Las Vegas. Matter of fact, the NFL draft is taking over Las Vegas. You can be there to witness it live. The NFL Fan Fest is going to feature player appearances, photo ops, live concerts, and a whole lot more. It's all free. Again, going back to that, that one term that I love free if it ain't free it ain't me the nfl one pass app is what you need to have all you got to do is go to nfl.com slash nfl one pass to register so uh, make sure that you're part of that this draft here in las vegas is going to be amazing i'm so excited about it i was so excited a couple years ago when they're supposed to be here i booked my ticket i was going to stay at my mom's house and then all of a sudden covid hit and then all of a sudden and I, i was the guy you know when you cancel your flight or you like say hey i can't go I was the guy that I kept holding out hope, like, at the last second they were going to say, oh, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. Never mind. We're open. We're really going to have the draft here. Like, I waited till the very last second, probably the weekend before the draft, and I was like, okay, I guess they're not really going to do it, so I better go ahead and cancel my flight. Like, I waited till the last second. I was in denial. I was that guy. So this is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait till the draft hits here. So uh, you're going to want to be in Las Vegas uh, regardless. Regardless if the Raiders don't have a first or second round pick, you're going to want to be here for all the festivities. So we'll talk to Matt Holder coming up in about four minutes, talking all things offensive linemen as it pertains to the NFL draft. Then at 245, our guy Brandon Cristal from KOA 850 and 94.1 in Denver. He's in New Orleans for the final four. We talked to him yesterday about Villanova and Kansas. Today we'll talk Duke and North Carolina, as that's going to be the big game, the one that everyone's going to be watching. Matter of fact, if you're out and about in Las Vegas tomorrow evening, you know where a great place would be for you to watch that game? I don't know, right where I'm sitting, right here in the Golden Circle Sportsbook. They've got the kiosk available for you to get your bet on 24 hours a day. So uh, that's very convenient. They've got drink specials all the time. Uh, there's plenty of activities to go around. Maybe if uh, during a TV timeout you want to take a break and go do something else, you can. I mean, this is a one-stop shop right here. So this is where you should be not only this evening, but you should be there, there here tomorrow for uh, Final Four action as well. So we'll talk to Brandon, all things Duke and North Carolina, and Coach K on his final ride. It's, I mean, look, it's going to end one or two ways. It's going to end tomorrow night or it's going to end Monday night. And that's it. I mean, that's the one thing I can tell you. On Tuesday, Coach K won't be co- uh, coaching anymore. 
That's what I can guarantee you. So we'll talk to Brandon coming up at uh, 245, all things uh, Final Four and all that good stuff. And then, of course, Raider Nation, we always want to hear from you. Today is one of those funny days. You don't really know what to believe. Any news that comes out, you don't really know what to believe because it is April Fool's Day. I always love the the uh, the first of the month. I always like to have a lot of fun with the first of the month. But, man, this is the one that I kind of look at sideways like, well, hold on. You got to be careful. So, like, every piece of news that's come out today, I've had to double and triple take it. And right now, I'm, 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 I'm kind of on the fence with this next this one piece of news that came out a little while ago. Max Crosby put out a tweet, said, baby girl incoming, and has a couple little baby pictures of uh, Crosby jerseys, one from uh, Eastern, Eastern Michigan and one a Raider jersey. It says Crosby on the back. And there's a picture, and it has the ultrasound in it. And I'm trying to pull it up right now. It says, Baby Crosby arriving, uh, I think it says October 2022. Anyway, that's sweet, and that's cute, and that's cool. And then he has also pictures of his, uh, his pit bulls in, uh, in they got little uh, handkerchiefs around their necks. says Big Brother, Big Brother, and Big Brother, which is cool, which is really cool. So originally I said, oh, congrats to Max and Rachel because that's, that's awesome. You know, people announce that they you know, have a baby on the way by way of Twitter. And then all of a sudden something hit me and said, Q, it's April Fool's Day. It's April 1st. Like, are you sure that that's not an April Fool's joke? Because uh, Will Compton put out a really funny one earlier today where he basically said after hours and hours and hours of delivery and our, our baby is finally here. And at first I didn't think anything of it until I saw someone retweet it and was like, oh, she's beautiful. And then I realized, I was like, she is as black as me. Uh, you know what I mean? And I was like, wait a minute. And then I saw everyone's like, oh, that was a good one. You got us. So it was like his April Fool's joke. And so then I thought about this and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I started looking at it, and Demond, if you haven't seen it yet, I uh, I retweeted it, and I even asked. I said, I'm looking at this ultrasound, and look, I've seen my share of ultrasounds in my life, and look, if this is absolutely real, it's awesome. Congratulations. But I will say, as I have expanded the picture a little bit, and I've actually surveyed some people here at at the Golden Circle Sportsbook, it almost looks like you can see a duck in this picture. And then it almost looks like you can see something else that's not a duck. <laughs> My man Brian was like, well, I didn't know how you were going to describe that, but I did it. So you just have to look at the picture. It just looks like there's uh, extra things in that picture. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a very large forearm. Here's the only reason why I want to believe him. Because he got the dog, the handkerchiefs. All three dogs right. have the big brother. Come on, that's a long way to go for an April. No, no, April hey, you're play. right. You're and, and look, I could. I mean, this could really be 100% legit. And if so, hey, congratulations. But have you seen the picture? Is all I'm asking. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I zoomed in on the ultrasound. Like, so I what, what do you, what do you see in the ultrasound? I ain't gonna lie, man. I see what you see. Okay, you I'm see, not gonna see. I'm not gonna say what I see, but I see what you see. You see a duck, and you see what could also possibly look like a duck. That's a duck, man. Yeah, I see it. Okay, okay. I'm just saying. And anyone who's looking, and anyone who's on Twitter right now, go ahead and and check out. You know, Demond's gonna retweet it at Demond underscore the boss. I've already retweeted it at your boy Q two five four. Just go ahead and give it a look. And of course, Max Crosby, if you're following me. You're definitely following Max at Crosby Max. He tweeted it out. Just. Blow up the picture of the ultrasound. That's all I'm asking. And then you tell me what you see. Because also, it, it looks to me in this picture like I see two ducks. I one like how quacks you and one your, doesn't. You threw out your <laughs> ultrasound bona fides right there, too. Oh, earlier. yeah. No, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen my fair share. No, I have. I've seen multiple. Hey, oh, okay. <laughs> I've seen multiple 
you know, multiple ultrasounds. I have no problem with that. And, and both times, and let me go and take it another step further. In both the ultrasounds that I have been in, in the room to see, I've also seen ducks in that picture, but they were much smaller. Just saying. So you put two and two together. I'm keeping it as clean as I can for the radio and still giving you, painting the picture of what I'm looking at. And remember, <laughs> I have little Q and I have littler Q. <laughs> so just know what I'm talking about, all right? I'm just throwing it out there. So you go ahead and check it out. But, hey, congratulations if it's, if it's not an April Fool's joke. I think that they got me, but I don't know. So I'd love to hear from you as well on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. With that being said, let's go ahead and hit the phone lines. And uh, actually, let's jump into the opening drive, and then we'll hit the phone lines and talk to our guy, Matt Holder. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk a little offensive line is my guy Matt Holder from SilverAndBlackPride.com on Twitter at MHolder95. And, Matt, welcome back to the show. I do appreciate you as always. And kind of want to focus in on the offensive line as we're starting to get closer and closer to the NFL draft. And I saw you tweet out uh, a little rundown and a, and a breakdown of Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. He's a guy that myself and you have talked about before. A big kid, man, 6'4", 324 pounds. Raiders need offensive line help. What do you like about Tyler Smith? Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, Q, thanks for having me on. Ple- pleasure as always. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing with Tyler Smith, I kind of uh, hinted at it, or I tried to make sure this was uh, pretty clear in the uh, beginning of my scouting report there. You know, when you think of Raiders offensive linemen, you think of those big, big, uh, tough, rugged, and uh, mean guys almost towing that line of dirty, and that's exactly what Tyler Smith is. Um, you know, he's a guy that's going to put people on the ground, likes to put people on the ground, maybe does a little extra, too much extra shoving after the play and all that good stuff. But, uh, I mean, for me, like I said, like he's just – a physical guy that can really get it done in the run game. I have a little worries about him in pass protection. Um, not quite sure I trust his feet all the way, but a guy, again, that was a heck of a player over at Tulsa, ended up getting it done over there. Um, and I think I, the, one of the things I like about him with the Raiders, too, is I do think he can transition to guard a little bit well, kind of like what I was talking about. You know, being a main nasty block, run blocker, that's going to transfer to any position on the offensive line. And then if he doesn't quite have the feet, you know, if they, if they do want to kick Alex Leatherwood back out to tackle, um, like I know uh, McDaniels hinted at at one of his interviews um, recently. Um, so it, uh, he Smith would give him that option if that's how the route they want to go. But I mean, like I said, man, it, there, there's a guy that you watch on film, another guy that you, you just think and you picture him in silver and black. Right. No, he, he's a guy that, that's making a lot of noise. You know, a lot of folks are paying attention to him. And at Tulsa, traditionally a left tackle, the Raiders need right tackle help, but they also want guys that are versatile. You mentioned you kick him inside the guard if necessary. Uh, do you think he'd be a guy that could transition to the right tackle position? Yeah, I, mean, I think he could. Um, you, know, I'd li- you know, I usually with those guys, I'd like to see a little bit better uh, testing numbers than what he did at the combine because usually the athletes are going to be the ones that are a little bit that make that transition a little bit easier. But that's not to say that he wasn't athletic. I mean, I definitely think he can get it done. Um, you know, I think for his perspective, I don't know if he's been doing that, working on that in the offseason, but I think being a kind of a one of those mid-round guys, you kind of have to work on both a little bit, right? You're not no no one's really looking for a, a blindside left tackle in the in the in the third or fourth round, or right. at least not ideally. So I'm sure he's been working uh working at it from that perspective. I think he can get it done for sure. Um, you know, definitely definitely gonna be a learning process, but you know. 
kind of is uh, is the case with all the rookies, right? Right, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Matt Holder here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, and talking all things offensive linemen. And when it comes to Tyler Smith, you know, and you talked about he kind of fits with what the Raiders would do on the offensive line. He kind of looks like an offensive lineman. Have you taken a look at what the Patriots do as far as the offensive line? Because, of course, the staff and the new offensive line coach comes over from New England. Does Tyler Smith kind of fit the mold of what you see from a Patriots-type line, line men? Excuse me. Uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely think so. I think, uh, you know, I think they, the Patriots kind of look for a lot of uh, a lot of the similar similar types of things. You know, guys like Trent Brown, obviously, you know, played for both and yeah. uh, played in both systems, kind of kind of deal. So I think uh, I definitely think he can he can still fit that mold, fit that that Dante's Carnecchio. I know he's not the Raiders uh, from drawing the blank on the Raiders' offensive line coach. I just know that's the the protege that they have, right? They're the pipeline that they have. So I definitely think he'd fit with them. Um, from that perspective and I, I have a feeling a, a guy like that would uh, or any offensive line coach can flip on that tape and, and just love what they see and at least at least want to work with them from that standpoint with all the things that we're talking about uh, just a second ago so you mentioned you know the things that he does really well you have a couple concerns here or there for him to thrive on the next level where do you think that he would have to focus in on the most to kind of improve on the next level I think for me, it's one of the biggest things is uh, he's got to work on his feet a little bit in pass protection. I get a little worried. I think he might struggle against those speed rushers. He kind of has those those choppy steps. If uh, for anyone who's big on the offensive line pay, he's not quite as smooth in his clicks, kick slides, and he likes to he likes to stop his feet a little bit when uh, he gets gets those inside counter moves, which can be can be hazardous um, and whatnot. I think he has the good change of direction. And I think he has the traits that are there to fix those. It's just a matter of actually doing it and, and getting the technique down, especially on those inside counters. Cause um, from what, a, from everything I saw, you know, I, I thought, like I said, he has the, has a change of direction, has the athletic ability, but uh, for whatever reason, his feet just keep stopping and I ended up screwing him over. And uh, that would be the biggest thing, my biggest area of concern with him. And then the second part, it kind of, it's kind of frustrating because it plays into his strength that I was just talking about. But he did have 16 penalties in 12 games. Mm. Like I said, kind of did those extra extra pushing, extra shoving, right? Um, kind of stuff that can uh, be drive killers and get be a fast way to get you on the fence as a rookie, um, especially and get on the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach's bad side. And he also is a guy that uh, he's going to hold on for dear life if he gets be- if he gets beat, he'll grab to call uh, draw some holding penalties. So definitely got to clean that part of his game up. But uh, almost makes him even more of a raider, right? <laughs> right. Well, we all know what they did uh, last year, having uh, having Alex Leatherwood had a bunch of penalties. So they sure don't yeah. need another guy who's going to create a bunch of penalties. Now, uh, obviously, as we all know, the Raiders don't have currently a, a pick until the third round. Is there any other person that you're looking at? You look at a lot of film. Is there any other person you see on film that you say, you know what, if that guy's available in round three or maybe even later, I think he could be a guy that that the Raiders could pick and at least try to develop? Yeah, I actually got kind of a I actually got three guys for you. The okay. first one I'll go for is uh gonna be Abraham Lucas out of uh, Washington State. You know, we we're talking about McCaffrey and guys having to make this transition from left to right tackle. He played right tackle, I think, almost exclusively at Washington State. Um, um playing in Washington State, playing that air raid, that uh Michael Leach type of offense. Obviously got plenty of reps and pass protection. Uh, and I think he's gonna be gonna be a really good athlete and the guy his RAF score was nine point five something like that out of ten. So Again, the guy that's a tremendous athlete, going to be good in pass protection. I worry about him as a run blocker, partially just because of the scheme he played in. It's not going to really translate to the NFL. Um, being in the air raid, they ran a lot of ten personnel, uh, which which gave gave uh, which gave them light boxes to run against them against and all that stuff. And right. it was kind of a 
kind of watching him, it was almost more of a, I don't know if run blocking is necessarily a negative for him, but I just don't have a big enough sample size in, in uh, an NFL type of run scheme to really give you a, to really give a great assessment on him as a run blocker. So he's a little bit of an unknown in that, in that sense, um, a little bit. And then uh second guy would be Kellen Desich. Uh, Desich actually, I think he was a left tackle over at Arizona state. Um, another guy, super athletic guy ran a, a sub 49 40 at the combine, which is pretty damn impressive at 300 pounds, <laughs> right? Uh, six, seven. Uh, he's probably more of a fourth round guy, similar to Lucas. You know, if, if he's a guy where if you're not going to get Lucas in the third round, he'd be a, Kellen Desich would be a pretty good consolation prize in the fourth, I think. Um, same type of player, uh, really good in pass protection, really good athlete, questionable as a run blocker. The other thing with Desich that I'm a little concerned about is he was at Texas A&M uh, to start his career, and I believe he was even quoted as saying he transferred to ASU simply because he just wasn't going to get the playing time, which you know obviously raises a red flag a little bit. Right. I couldn't get it done at, done at uh at the SEC level. What makes us think he's going to be able to do it in the NFL? And then on top of that. Um, you know, his two seasons starting at ASU, one was the COVID year where they played 14 games and then this past season. So he really only has, you know, what, we'll, what I'll call a year and a half of starting experience, a little bit of raw, a little bit, a little bit of a gamble as well. And then the last guy, another guy that was a right tackle because they had a left-handed quarterback at, over at Louisiana would be Max Mitchell. Um, completely different than pretty much the other two guys I just said. Uh, not a great athlete, but a, a another mean, nasty dude who, who likes to finish run? Who likes to finish people in the run game? Um, and he was actually a kind of a. And he was actually the PFS highest graded tackle in all of college football last year. So I mean, that feel the way you want about PFS grades and all that good stuff. But what's one heck of an endorsement for him? And again, you know, guy that's got experience on the right side, guy that won't have to learn a new position. Right. Absolutely. Well, of course, offensive line has got to be so so important for the Raiders. They've got to get that thing solidified, or any of the offensive additions that they're making are going to really go for nothing again we're talking with matt holder from silver and black pride on twitter at m holder 95 here on unnecessary roughness radio nation radio 920 how about sean ryan a young man out of ucla uh, actually he actually got in my uh, my my attention because i saw someone else in a mock draft tweeting it and i think you, yeah. you you were going back and forth uh someone from yahoo.com and so uh, i started doing a little bit of research and he he looked pretty intriguing what are your thoughts on ryan yeah all right ryan's a guy that i still uh have actually Got on my list, one of my next guys that I'm going to watch. But he's another guy that, um, you know, I've kind of been doing some glancing at and looking looking at over the past and see what other people. Um, he's a guy that actually uh, is going to be a, could fit that guard tackle mold. Some people, it depends on who you talk to. Some people view him as a guard. Some people view him as a tackle. Another guy that's, again, you know, betting on athletes. Those are the type of guys that you're looking for. Uh, definitely a guy that, you know, Raider fans want to keep tabs on. If you can pull up the film and uh, – all this stuff, keep an eye on him. Should have him, uh, should have a report on him coming up, up pretty soon. Too. One more guy I want to ask you about, and I'll probably say his name wrong, and I apologize, <laughs> but uh, uh, Daniel Falele uh, out of uh, Minnesota. He's the young man who hasn't been playing football for a long time. He's actually out of Australia, but he's a big dude, 6'8", 379 pounds. I mean, you want to talk about Trent Brown being a monster. I mean, this dude, Daniel, is, a, is an absolute monster. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Have you done any deep diving on him yet? Yeah, Falele is a, a really interesting guy. I mean, you bring up Trent Brown, that's kind of the uh, – that kind of seems to be the sexy comp for him. You know, size-wise, they make a lot of sense. Right. Um, hopefully uh, hopefully he's got a little bit better of a motor than uh, Trent Brown does. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a, another guy that 
is, is physical. I mean, guy gets his hands on you in the run game. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> right. 380 pounds. And he moves pretty well for his size. Um, I get the feeling he's probably going to be a guy that goes in the second round. Okay. Uh, so might be out of, out of the Raiders reach unless they trade back, uh, of course. But yeah, I, I mean, because like you said, you know, guys that are 6'9 and are 6'8, 380 pounds and uh, can move like he does. Like I said, not he's not stiff in the, or anything like that. You know, you'll take a chance on on one of those guys, so I can see a team swooping him up a little bit before the Raiders get an opportunity. But I tell you what, if, if he's there at 86, uh, you know, I'll, I'll sprint to Vegas and I'll sprint that card in. <laughs> right, no doubt, no doubt. Again, every time I see that dude, and like I said, hasn't been on my radar for a very long time. Yeah. Hasn't been playing football for a very long time, but no, he, he's yeah. an absolute monster. So I would have no problem with him manning that right tackle position, and then having Alex Leatherwood there at the right guard spot. And you know what? Before I let you go, let me ask you about Alex. Leatherwood there's been a lot of conversation you mentioned it Josh McDaniels kind of hinted the fact that they're going to give him an opportunity to play that right tackle position I've been in the camp of hey man let the guy be a guard and let him go all 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 camp long you know I mean all preseason and just master the guard position and be that guy but it sounds like they're going to give him a shot at tackle what are your thoughts on Leatherwood and where do you think he should stay I mean, I'm kind of with you a little bit at Q. I think I think he can be a little bit better of a guard. When I watched him last year, I felt like he was a little bit better on his more aggressive pass sets, so his jump sets and his uh, his uh, 45 degree sets when he can get his hands on guys quicker when he was in space. I felt like where he was a little bit struggling, but at the same time, he, he wasn't uh, he wasn't exactly great at pass protection and uh, at guard too. So I think that's part of where the skepticism is. If you're gonna if you're gonna be bad at pass protection, at least be bad on the outside where it's a longer route to the quarterback. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think, uh, you know, the route to go is it's to try and stick him at guard and see if you can find a tackle in that third round or that fourth round. Um, but, you know, if they do give him another shot, I mean, you know, as we saw with Colton Miller, you know, they're completely different circumstances right. and all that good stuff. Guys can get better. Guys can grow. Um, you know, I, I don't hate the fact that they're giving a shot at it. You know, if I'm, if I was a coaching staff or if I was the coach, on the coaching staff, I'd give him a chance to, I definitely think it's going to be easier for them to, to move him in into guard, just being that they're not the ones that spent the first round pick on him. Right, facts. If, if the old crew is still around, you know, they may try and use the value out of it a little bit more because it's not or because it's on their resumes. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting one. But but I hear you, man. I, I'm with you. I, I kind of like a leather weight guard a little bit better. Yeah, that, that's me, but we'll see. I mean, hell, I'm not the I'm not the offensive line coach. I'm not the coach. I'm not in the building, so I don't my my say don't matter. But uh, it's just just kind of my thoughts right there. Well, fantastic stuff as always, Matt. Always love to get a little film breakdown from you and uh, anybody that you're kind of focusing in on. Like to uh, hear about it from you. So uh, anything you got coming out on SilverAndBlackPride.com that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mean, like I like like you mentioned before, I got the scouting reports, putting that those out pretty regularly. Uh, Going to be doing a series pretty quickly up here that uh, I'm excited about that I want. To get the, uh, the all the Raider fans involved in. Oh, it's going to be a, a this or that series, just going over basically, you know, giving you two players, whether it be whether it be uh, you know two players at the same positions, different rounds, or two players at different positions in the same round, that kind of stuff. You know, just having a little bit of fun as we get closer to the draft, putting our our, our Dave Ziegler hats on a little <laughs> bit and uh, voicing your opinion on who you, who you think the the Raiders should draft. So I'm looking forward to those ones and uh, should have those coming out in the next week or so. Sounds good. Sounds good. He's Matt Holder again, silverandblackpride.com on Twitter at mholder95 and with us here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Matt, thank you so much for your time as always, my man. I appreciate you. As always, it was a blast, Q. Thanks for having me on. No doubt. There he goes, Brandon uh, Matt Holder from silverandblackpride.com. Coming up at 245, my guy, Brandon Kristoff from KOA 850 
5.1 in Denver. He's in New Orleans right now for the Final Four. Speaking of the Final Four, speaking of New Orleans, how about Lil Wayne shouting out Coach Kim Mulkey? That was pretty cool. He, uh, she, won, she won AP uh, Coach of the Year for the job she did at LSU, and Lil Wayne came out and said, uh, shout out to my good friend, Coach Mulkey. So that's pretty, pretty awesome right there. So that's the little basketball theme that we got going. So Brandon will join us at 245. But Raider Nation, I wanted to throw out there to you on the uh, Raider Nation listener line and also the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Since it is April Fools, what team or fan base – is the most foolish when it comes to their team's success this upcoming season. What team right now or the fan base right now believes, oh, man, we did it this offseason. This team, man, we're about to take that next step. We're on our way. What team and what fan base is that? Let me know. Because, I, I mean, look, there's a lot of fan bases that are feeling good, including the Raiders. I know Raider Nation's feeling pretty good about themselves as well. But who do you think is really foolish or uh, a little silly when it comes to their expectations by what they did this offseason. 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We're at the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio, 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Less than 15 minutes, we'll be talking to Brandon Cristal from KOA 850 and 94.1 in Denver, talking all things Final Four. He is in New Orleans. He's in Nolens for the Final Four, Villanova, Kansas. That'll take place first on Saturday night. Then the main event will be Duke, North Carolina. And it's, it's, I hate to say it like that because both games are going to be fantastic. I can't wait to be watching those games. But we all know that the headliner, no doubt about it, is going to be Duke, North Carolina. But we'll talk all that at 245. Right now, I flew out there on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, the keyword R&R. What team or fan base is the most foolish or delusional when it comes to their team's success this upcoming season, really based off what they did this offseason? You know, we always say, and I've hammered it home so many times, you don't win championships in March. There's been a lot of teams that have done a lot of things, like Jacksonville, for instance. They spent a whole lot of money. What are they going to get out of that? Two more wins? Maybe. I mean, hell, shout out to Zay Jones. He got $30 million from Jacksonville. Shout out to Christian Kirk. He got like almost $100 million. He ain't even had a 1,000-yard receiving season. But they had to overpay to get guys to go there. And, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Shout out to those players. I'm not mad at that. Hell, you gave me $100 million. I go do radio and Timbuktu. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could put me on, on, on the southern tip of Africa and I'd be doing a broadcast if you uh, pay me enough. I ain't lying. But these guys, you know, they got to overpay. But there's certain fan bases that see the moves that you had to do in March or early April and think, oh, man, Super Bowl, here we come. So I wanted to know who you think is that delusional fan base. And, look, the Raiders have made some big moves. If you think that, you know, some of Raider Nation is a little delusional, that's okay. You can chime in with that, too. I'm not mad at that. 69187, keyword R&R. Got a text from Raider J from Sacramento. He said the Santa Clara Great America parking lots. <laughs> Talking about the San Francisco 49ers, who, by the way, play in Santa Clara in the Great America parking lot. Funniest thing ever they play in the Great America parking lot. Like, literally, I drove into the parking lot, and I looked over, and Great America's right there. And I'm like, man, I used to chase girls over there. You know what I mean? Like, I used to chase girls by the Ferris wheel. <laughs> they play a football game there. That's hilarious. I'll never. And I love my cousin to death. It was just his birth- birthday the other day. My cousin Jesse, he's a season ticket holder for the 
for the 49ers. I gave him the business when I saw him at the game. I was like, man, you know that your team plays in Great America's parking lot? Oh, shut up, cousin. <laughs> pretty, pretty funny. Let's go out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Brian's going to get on out of here. Juan the Smasher, you're up first. What's up, Juan? What's up, Q? What's going on? Oh, man, I'm blessed, man. I'm here at the TI. How are you doing? Man, I know that's right. When you're blessed, you're the best. But when you ain't blessed, you're a mess. You feel me? I feel you. Hey, I feel I'm, you. I'm, that's, hey, that's right. I'm out here feeling good. Like, uh, what, what's old boy used to say, Mac Drake? I'm in the building. And, and I'm feeling, feeling myself. myself. Hey. Myself. You know what I'm saying? I do. You got what I mean. I do. Yeah. Hey, I'm not from the Bay, but uh, I'm from Bakersville. I'm, I'm country. Country boy. You feel me? I ain't mad but, at uh, you. I, I, used to go, I used to go to Oakland. I used to be like, it's time for me to get the hell out of here. That's right. It's getting dark. That's right. <laughs> Damn biz. But, but uh, and, um, I, I just came from the Allegiant Stadium. It's my, it's my off day. Because I'm always working these double shifts, and when I got an off day, I, I like to go to the stadium and get some Raider gear, and I, I just copped that, uh, that, that car, Elite Jersey. I was looking for the Mad Max, but that manager said they don't have Mad Max. They only got all these, these players with no, with no second deals. I'm like, come on, man. Are you going to have – they're going to have Jay because we don't even know he's going to be here next year. Come on, dog. I was like, hey, you need a Mad Max. There you go. There you go. Nice. Yeah, but other than that, to, to answer your question – I would say the Cowboys, or those, those Cowgirls, those fools think that pigs can fly, and I tell them all the time, hey, if you put lipstick on a pig, like you say, still, still a pig. A pig. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Cowboys. I'll say that. Okay. Hey, great call, man. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. That's Juan the Smasher right here in Las Vegas. And the reason I'm laughing so hard, and Danny, turn your mic up real quick. When I asked that question, I had no answer. I had no idea what the response was going to be. And Danny, what did you say to me? I said I guarantee most of the responses are going to be Cowboys. And you said why? Because as a Cowboys fan, <laughs> I know a lot of the fan base is delusional because they can win seven in a row and they're already counting their money after their bets on them to win the Super Bowl. Right. And it doesn't happen. That's awesome. That is so. And so that that's why I started laughing so hard. Because that was the first response, and Danny said, I guarantee it's going to be Cowboys. And then Juan the Smasher said Cowboys, and I just I couldn't handle it. That was great. Good stuff, man. Thank you so much for that, Danny. Appreciate you as well. Let's hustle back out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Mitch. He's on the East Coast in New Jersey. What's up, Mitch? How's it going, Chief? I'm it definitely chilling, man. It definitely didn't overpay for you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, that's workers, you know? I heard that. <laughs> I know, but you do a good job. Thank you, man. You should have more hours. Um, I wanted to mention about the quarterback for the Raiders. Um, but first, I would say the Jets. You know, the Jets just end the season. That's what it stands for. They're pathetic. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, ever since uh, Joe Namath, they've been riding the laurels of, of that Super Bowl win before you were born. Right. Um, any chance uh, Sam Donald is a release? Um, Nick, Nick Mullins, it might as well be Sean Mullins. Any chance you think they would pick up Sam Donald if it doesn't cost much? All right, that's what Jets are Thank you for the call. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think Sam Darnold's in anybody's thoughts. Uh, Nick Mullins, uh, as you mentioned, the, the Raiders signed him earlier to a, a one-year deal to be a, a backup, and I think that's a really good backup to Derek Carr. I really do. Nick Mullins is a guy, and the reason I think that, as some nice water just uh, walked by, um, I, I think that, that he's a good backup because he's won games in the league. You know what I mean? Now, he's not going to be a guy that's going to go and, you know, tear the league up and just, you know, 
be the MVP of the league or anything like that. But he's a guy that if push came to shove and you had to throw him into some action, he can he can hold it down for a little bit. You know what I mean? And and, and all Raider fans remember when he made his debut there in Santa Clara against the against the Raiders and basically had me screaming from the mountaintops to fire Paul Gunther because the defense was so bad, and he just carved up the Raiders that night. And, look, the Raiders played against him last season when he was with the Cleveland Browns. He's serviceable. He's good enough. You know, and the thing about it is Josh McDaniels has been talking about getting the guy in there, getting him to learn their system, you know, kind of have him around for two or three years, and then whatever you do after that is what you do after that. Now, they don't have the chance to do that this year because they're down already multiple draft picks, but – Start to expect that to happen moving forward where they'll draft a quarterback and then they'll, they'll try to coach him up and keep him in their system for some years. And maybe a team comes calling and they'll, they'll flip him for him, or maybe they won't. And, and maybe they could just be a really good backup. But I think, Nick, I think Nick Mullins is a really good backup. So thank you so much for that. And no, Sam Darnold I don't think uh, is in anybody's thoughts close to the silver and black. I just I don't see why he would be. He hasn't proven anything in the league since since he was really drafted. So it's just one of those guys, just not a very good player. 2.40 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to my guy, Brandon Cristal from KOA 850 and 94.1 in Denver. He's in Nolens. He's ready there for the Final Four. We'll talk about Duke, North Carolina next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. And we are here at the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Come on by, hang out, free parking, 24-hour betting kiosk for you. Get your gamble on. It's going to be a great location for March Madness. You want to see all the action? You can see the women's game starting tonight. That's why we get off a little bit early here. Think about this. South Carolina and Louisville squaring up the first two games. It's going to be great. It's going to be some great action going on tonight and then doubling down tomorrow night for the men's Final Four that's going on in New Orleans. But you can be here and you can watch all the action at the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Get your your bed on and get your drink on. All the drink specials that they have going on here are fantastic. So definitely want to make your way by, hang out. And if you come by here right now, I still got surprises. We got kind of rushed, got hit during that last break. But we gave out some prizes. We got some tickets here. What kind of tickets are these, by the way? Scorpions with Skid Row. There you go. You're a Scorpions with Skid Row fan, and you want to go to the concert? I got a pair of tickets for you. Just come on by and say, what up, though? And I'll hook you up. Right now on the phone lines is our guy, Brandon Cristal from KOA 850 and 94.1 in Denver. What up, though, my man? <laughs> Appreciate you. What up, though? Is that going to give me Skid Row tickets? There you go. I got you. I'm down. Check out, see what Sebastian Box up to. I'm yeah, trying to tell you. Yes, I'm trying. That's taking it back, man. That's he, taking it back. <laughs> is he is he playing Allegiant? Is he playing Allegiant or, may, or is Skid Row playing a little smaller venue? No, they're playing. Uh, no, nah, they're playing Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee it'll be a fun show for anybody looking. I just turned 44 yesterday. For anybody that was in in you know, I was waiting in elementary school. I had a big brother that was into a stepbrother at the time uh, into into heavy metal. And and then anyone a little older than me, they will love that Skid Row show in Vegas. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny when you mentioned uh, Sebastian Bach, I was like, oh, Brandon must be about my age. I'm 45. So, yeah, me and you, we uh, we were hanging out on the same playground, man. <laughs> so Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But, hey, let's get into some uh, Final Four action. We talked all things Villanova and Kansas on Thursday. Let's talk about the main event, and that's not a disrespect to the other game, but we all know what this game is. North Carolina, Duke. I mean, does it get any better on Coach K's last run to have these two in the Final Four? I guess the only way it could be better is if it was Monday night for the championship but how fantastic is this game going to be saturday night well i just hope it lives up to the hype and up to True. the standard that has been set by this rivalry and it's been the best rivalry in college basketball and i know you're always looking for kind of fun topics right like who's the guy you hate and i'm still wor- i'm still working on mine uh <laughs> because i'm like grayson allen doesn't seem that likable but i don't really think about grayson allen very much right, right. in life or there, there's guys you come across like, eh, i don't like that guy that much but not enough to wear. I, I really hate them. But the what is the best rivalry in sports? Is it Yankees Red Sox? Have we just been force fed that because everyone that works at ESPN is either from Boston or New York, just about, and it's right in between. ESPN sits in between both those two cities. Right. Is it Carolina Duke? It, it, you know, give me another one. Is it Broncos Raiders back in the day? Broncos Chiefs Chargers? You know, what, whatever. Right. Maybe Packers Bears. Uh, but that hasn't been much of a rivalry in the Aaron Rodgers era. So. You could argue because of the success of both programs, especially with what Roy Williams has been able to do at his alma mater and what Coach K has done for the last 40 years, that it is the best rivalry in sports. I'm not going to be disappointed if that's your vote, right, or if that were to win a vote if you were to do it as a poll question. So we've seen it delivered so many times on a Thursday night on ESPN, on a Saturday on ESPN or CBS, and now to get it, not, not just what we had in Coach K's last game, but to get it, in the semifinals of the, of the Final Four in New Orleans, what could be the last game Coach K ever coaches on the sidelines if he were to lose, right, or if he wins to propel him to yet another championship game. It, it would just – I hope that it does live up to the hype, but I do think the hype is warranted. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And you're right about that because I know I've been hyping it all week long, and that would just be my luck that all of a sudden Saturday night it ends up being some kind of dud, right? I mean, just like (laughs) – that's just – I mean, that's how it happens, though. It shakes out like that. Let me ask you this because Duke lost their last game at Cameron Indoor to North Carolina, and that was that unacceptable loss that Coach K talked about. How much do you think that loss really helped them kind of get those players, get everyone's mind right, like, hey, this is unacceptable. We can't play at this level, especially on Coach's last run. Well, clearly they're playing their best basketball, and you saw that throughout the ACC tournament, and even though Virginia Tech right, gave them a run for their money, they didn't even see Carolina then. They're seemingly playing better and a little more free uh, the closer they've gotten to the Final Four. And I don't know if, if Coach K was just hedging a bit because he doesn't want this team to lose and, and them feel guilty about losing in his final Final Four, but when you saw him win that game last Saturday – and he goes, man, just getting there, crossing that bridge, all, all of that stuff. You're like, okay, is he just not sandbagging, but lowering expectations? At the same time, you realize what a big deal it is to get here. And he's gotten here so many times, right, 13 times. Mm-hmm. But it helps that this team is the most talented with the, with the most talented player. And a guy in, in Taliban Carroll that could easily be the first pick in the draft, and if he comes to play both nights, almost certainly will be. Or one, one, two, three, where, where do you have – uh, Jabari Smith, where do you have, obviously, Chet Holmgren, who everyone thought should be here or would be here. If he goes and balls out and gives you two 30-point games and is big on the glass and makes a play defensively or two, 
then you'll say, okay, they had the guy who was the most talented, even if Ochai Abadji wins player of the year, whatever it may be, and a, a really talented team with clearly the best coach. So that's why they end up cutting the nets down. But it does feel like they're playing their best basketball. At the same time, Carolina on a night that Duke should have won, went in, and didn't just sneak out a win, right? By the end of that game, they had clearly won it. Right. So the basketball gods have lined it up to you for, for revenge for those players. But, you know, the, the other thing they've done, these are still college kids, and they will feel the pressure of, we already blew this once. Are we going to lose to our rivals again? Or, man, can we lose Coach K? You know, you let that creep in. This is going to be a real testament to Coach K and his staff and John Shire and, and the rest of the assistants. Can they allow these kids to not feel as much pressure as you got to think they might be feeling? Right, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Brandon Cristal from KOA, 850, 94.1 in Denver here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man demond has got one for you. Yeah, Brandon, if Duke loses this game tonight, will it affect the way you look at Coach K and his legacy, or is he already set in stone? Yeah, absolutely not. All he can do is that. It's sort of like Tom Brady winning that seventh ring, and if he wins an eighth ring, right? You can't, you can't continue. <laughs> it, it was funny because Bill Walton was – in the room where I just was uh, helping out West of One, and he works for West of One, and he's talking to people. And Bill Walton would be a good one to talk to, maybe a little biased. But it's a two-person race for best college basketball coach of all time, and it's John Wooden and it's Coach K. And when you look at how the game has evolved, for him to keep getting teams here to the Final Four and keep finding ways to win championships, his legacy is set. And, and so all he can do is, is continue to be the best college basketball coach certainly in the modern era, and likely of all time. That, that won't change. And, and the other side of it, is, or I guess along the same lines, if they lose, yeah, it's not an indictment of him. It will hurt for those players. Right. And I think they'll have a hard time if they lose to their rival again on this stage and Hubert Davis sends Coach K Pack in, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say anything Hubert's doing, but, right. but those, those players have to li- will have to live with that the rest of their lives. And every time they come back to Cameron to visit, to visit, they're going to be the team that lost to Carolina not once but twice and ruined Coach K's send-off twice. So I, I think that his legacy is fine. It's what will it mean for, for these players on this Duke team as, as to where they fit in Duke lore. Right. No, I agree with you 100%. And, and I mean, Coach K, is, he's already cemented. I mean, he is the dude. But you mentioned Hubert Davis, and I did want to ask you about him. He takes over for Roy Williams. Man, it's his first year. They're the eighth seed. And, look, they're still North Carolina, so, you know, you don't really take that number. But, I mean, it's not like they just were the cream of the crop and the best team all season long. They really have started to improve better as, as time goes along. What, how impressive have you been with what Hubert Davis has been able to do in his first season? Really impressed, and in a world where he is already going to be beyond John Shire, although we do see the, these recruits that Duke is getting, in terms of that race in that part of the world, right? They're seven miles from each other, those two campuses in Chapel Hill and in Durham. And so I think that Hubert Davis certainly has a leg up on John Shire, even if Duke wins, right. because he took a team that you didn't necessarily expect was going to get here. That was a, a pro. Brady Mannix has been in some big games in the tournament, the transfer from OU, and, and Armando Baycott's a heck of a player. Mm-hmm. But they, they may be underseated as an eight seed. Nonetheless, nobody expected them to cut the Nets down. And there's a, obviously a real chance they beat Duke, and then certainly a chance that they could end up hoisting that, that glass trophy as well as the weird wooden glass trophy. They didn't say it's the stupidest trophy, the, the real one, the, the cooler one that they make for like the college football and now for college basketball. The crystal one is much better. Right. Anyway, they could absolutely be doing that, and Hubert Davis could be. Uh, look, I haven't done the math on this. How many times have we seen a coach win a championship in his first year? 
Right. We, we're, we're spending so much time talking about Coach K and his career mm-hmm. and Bill Self and what it means for him and Jay Wright adding to his Hall of Fame legacy. We haven't seen a rookie coach win the, win the national championship in basketball or football, for that matter. It's happened in the NFL a few times where a coach in their first year, I, I think, has it? Well, I'm, Barry Switzer, that was year two. I want to say it has. Either it's, way. It's, yeah, it's had to have at least once. You, I'll, put your research team on it. DeMond, get on that. But in general, <laughs> uh, right. it, in general the, the, the bigger takeaway is that Hubert Davis isn't just a guy that was a pretty good player, a nice pro, pretty good analyst. No one's confusing him with Charles Barkley or even his fellow Tar Heel, Kenny Smith. He was good. He was on, obviously, college game day on hoops. And then he starts coaching. Like, okay, well, let's see. I mean, he's a Carolina guy, so that's why he got that job. But that doesn't mean he obviously is a good coach or else they wouldn't have tapped him to replace Roy Williams. And he has rewarded the Tar Heels brass and, and their athletic department and their, and their school president with a trip to the Final Four where they've got a chance to play spoiler again to their rival, which means as much to them as it does to anyone. And, and so that's a long way of saying Hubert Davis is clearly a hell of a coach. And yeah. the bigger surprise now will be if he doesn't get another Tar Heels team back here in his tenure if not multiple Star Heels teams. But if he never makes it back, then that would be the surprise, I think, at this point. Right. Well, final question for you. You mentioned Armando Baycott. I, I like him a lot. I like the style he plays. He's a walking double-double. How big of a game does he need to have Saturday night for North Carolina to have a legit shot at this game? Well, just like the game he had in, in Cameron, I think he has to have a really big game. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of the beauty of this. Villanova's at a, at a bit of a disadvantage because they lose their second-best player. Right. But you need your, your top dudes to be dudes to tomorrow and, and certainly Monday. And so the, the names that we mentioned, not just Love, but Baycott for sure, just like he did in Cameron, as well as as well as well Brady Maddox, he's knocked down some shots. They need to come to play. Kansas, they need Ochai Abadji and Remy Martin to come to play, right? Yes. They yes. need somebody to come along to the party with Colin Gillespie. And, and obviously uh, the, the everything Duke does starts with Taliban Kara, but in the point guard. And, and they, everyone needs – like there's no – there's no margin for error in this tournament at this point in general, but certainly tomorrow. So, but I think if Baycott does what he did in Cameron, we might see a, another Tar Heels up. Right. No, we can. And I'm excited to, to watch the game just to see how it unfolds. I have no dog in the hunt in either one of the games. So that, that makes it a lot easier, a lot less stressful. Just get to sit back and watch some fantastic action. Hey, I, I'll be pulling for your Kansas, though. I know that's your alma mater, so I got your back on that one. So I'll be rooting for the Jayhawks. I appreciate it. Hey, man, no problem. I appreciate it, Q. I appreciate that, man. Hey, absolutely. Thank you for all your coverage all week long here on the station with us, man. I do appreciate you, and I look forward to talking to you down the line. Sounds good. Hey, look, if Kansas gets there Monday, I might I might still be here in New Orleans, and so be happy to chat with you to okay. the national championship, too. Just let me know. Hey, the done deal. We'll link up. We'll link up for sure. Okay, sounds good. Demond, y'all have a good weekend. Enjoy the game, guys. All right, brother, you too. There he goes. Brandon Cristal right there from KOA, 850 and 94.1 in Denver. Fantastic. Man, what a job he's got, right? He was out there in West Palm Beach, Florida, then he just flew to New Orleans. I mean, man, I think I got a good job. My man's got it made. He's doing it really, really big. And uh, great, great, uh, great coverage right there of both the NFL owners' meetings and the Final Four. 258 at the time. When we come back, what you got, Dan? You got something over there for me? Uh, according to an article on CBSSports.com, Kevin Ollie is – quote unquote the least experienced coach to win a national championship with only two years head coaching. I remember when he won with uh, UConn, right? Yep, 2014. Yeah, yeah man, I was pulling for Kevin Ollie. I was I like Kevin Ollie. Didn't he get in some trouble? He got in some trouble. He's out of there now. He's not the UConn coach. He was unjustly fired. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, man, if I ever get in any trouble, DeMond, I just need DeMond to have my back because DeMond don't even care what the charge is. DeMond's like, un- 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 unfair. It was unfair. Everything's unfair. And also, college football-wise, Larry Coker was the first first-year coach, well, the last first-year coach to hey, win a national hey, championship. Hey, man, look at that. I like it, man. Danny and DeMond both on the on the job, man. I like that. Good stuff right there. 259 is the time. We'll come back, kick off cover, cover three, NFL news and notes of the day. Plus, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. What team or fan base is the most foolish or silly when it comes to their team's success, especially this upcoming season because of what they did in the offseason, we're kind of celebrating April Fool's Day, having some good times. Plus, you can hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We're at the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.